You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, Episode 89. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I am thrilled to bring you another interview this week, and this one is a good one. It's a little longer than usual. That That's because Aaron and I get into an amazing conversation. So much good stuff in there that I didn't want to, I didn't want to cut us off. So you are privy to this entire conversation that we had, and I learned so much, and I had so much fun. Aaron Smith is the guest today, and she is a true kindred spirit. We're talking talking about emotional eating and how it's never about the food. And if you've been following me for long enough now, you know that I am always preaching on this, that when we have a relationship with food that is not serving us, it is always coming from something deeper inside. It is just never about the food. I like to ask you questions like, what are you really feeding? And I like to say things like, feel your feelings and instead of eating them. And that is what we're talking about in this episode today. So Erin Smith is also known as the health chick on Instagram, and she's an avid health and fitness fanatic who is expert trained in health optimization for over 15 years and has worked with world leading health experts such as Dr. Zach Bush, Dr. Christine Schaffner, Mark Groves, and a list of other high level celebrity health experts. She's also the founder, producer, and host of What We Crave, the Emotional Eating Summit. After 30 years of struggling with emotional eating, food addiction, and shame fasting, Erin became obsessed with understanding the root cause of what it is that we are really craving. She's on fire for cultivating real, beautiful, honest conversations that provide roadmaps to healing and how to make peace with food and ultimately yourself. Now, does any of that sound familiar to you? It should, because we're talking about that all the time. Erin has spoken to so many women who struggle with emotional eating. And as you know, I do too. And Erin does as well. And so between all of the stories she has collected and the experience of two of us here, you are going to learn everything you ever wanted to know about emotional eating and cravings. So without further ado, here is the interview with Erin. Enjoy. Erin, welcome to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me, Dr. Michelle. I this is my favorite topic to talk about. I, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, gosh. And you know what? I'm going to keep an eye on the clock because I have a feeling you and I could go on for hours talking about 100%. this yeah. topic. But before yeah. before we dive into all the nitty gritty of this, tell us a little bit about you and your story and why this topic is so passionate for you. You know, long story short, what we crave was born out of my own you know, mental, physical, uh, mess, you know, that's usually, I, I feel like a lot of us have a, from mess, from a mess to a message, you know, we tend to realize there's something that I'm going through that I just can't figure out and I'm going to figure this out and you end up helping other people with it. Right. So long story long, short, hopefully <laughs> my, 
you know, growing up, I didn't even realize this, but I was an emotional eater basically my my whole life. I just had no awareness around it. My mom was Italian, so you have the, you know, the here, honey, eat all the things, you know, just anything you want. Here you go. I love you. You 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 we t- had a bad day. Have a brownie. You know, just all of the love and no restriction. No, you know, just food all the time. Costco, you know, donuts, muffins, red vines, snacks, just, you know, everywhere in the house. Plus you have the, you know, the dad who is trying to bulk me up for basketball because I was extremely skinny and scrawny as a kid, very late bloomer, could not gain weight. All I wanted to do was gain weight and look pretty like the other girls that had boobs, you know, here I am just, you know, just this awkward, gangly, skinny thing. So my dad would feed me all the time, just eat, 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 eat. Cause you know, if you want to be a basketball player, you gotta, you gotta eat food if you want to build muscle. And of course he was feeding me just, you know, not, not healthy food to gain weight. (laughs) So I just got wired at a very young age to, to eat all the time, all the time. And it wasn't, it was just a normal thing. Then enter life and enter your twenties and thirties where you just kind of use food as a coping mechanism to, for stress. I didn't, I was never taught the tools for how to cope with stress, how to deal with your emotions and not deal, but be aware of your emotions. I was never taught, uh, you know, if you're having a stressful day, go, go do all of these things here that are good for your mental health. My dad was very, uh, what's the word? a stonewaller, as they say, where he wouldn't ever talk about anything. And when he was mad at you, he would not talk to you at all. And just, you know, that was normal for me. And which I actually figured out that's actually emotional abuse is stonewall people or your kids. So there's that. That's another topic. But, uh, you know, you, I just had to basically stuff my emotions and didn't know how to deal with it. So any stress that came up, it was just eat all the things. And on top of that, trying to gain weight, I mean, you can see how this will, you know, just snowballing and fast forward, getting into my thirties where I was a young hustler, you know, career driven entrepreneur, career driven salesperson in, in uh, Southern California that was on straight commission, you know, and had the bosses that were, even though I was working in the health and wellness space, I had bosses that were just almost psychotic about numbers, you know, and just you know, sales, 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 sales. Oh, you hit this benchmark. Awesome. Do it now. Double it. You know? So I was constantly hustling to prove myself and stressed out. Wouldn't, I had no form of self-care, no form of, uh, awareness boundaries. It was always like, Oh, you want me to stay up till 3am to work on this project for you? Sure. I'll do that because I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'll do it. I've earned my, you know, my gold star. And I, that sort of just stacked and stacked and stacked for years. And I'm in the, I, I've been working in the holistic health space for 15 years. And so you think I would have it figured out, right? That Aaron knows all the things about health and nutrition and all the things. And yet you you see pictures of my face. I was a stressed out mess, so inflamed. And I li- literally, my eyes looked like I was dead inside. Like it was, it was, just, and I remember taking a picture of myself going, what the hell is happening to me. I know better. And I'm still numbing out with food. I am eating all the things all the time. I have this endless appetite and I know better and I'm still doing it. Like, what the hell is this? Every time this happens, I black out, I say F it. And I eat the whole thing of fill in the blank. For me, that was cauliflower crust pizzas and keto ice cream because it was healthy and organic. So it gave me that permission to just eat it all, you know, 
because I would never touch, you know, fast food or anything like that. But, uh, and then I just hit rock, this rock bottom. I start, I got a job as a VP of sales with a narcissist, not knowing that was going to happen, ended up just absolutely tanking. And I remember going, I'm, that's it. I'm figuring this out. I am the most educated in health I've ever been. And yet I am the worst in the mental hell that I've ever been mental, physical hell of just stress eating and all this stuff, like what is going on? So I just decided I'm going to interview all the experts that I have known for the past 15 years. And I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to put on a summit because my last job, that was my job. So I, that's exactly what I did. And then COVID hit and it was the epidemic of emotional eating of all time, right? The COVID 20, the, all the memes about, I can't stop going to my fridge. I'm baking, I'm eating. I can't like, what is happening? I'm stress eating all the time. And I launched what we crave. So it was a perfect time for me to launch it. So I'm like, this is my time. I know this is meant to be, so let's go. And then ever since then, I've just been filming interviews. And I, so I have this obsession of just understanding what is at the root that we're really craving underneath the food because, um, (laughs) <laughs> it, as much as nutrition is important when we're binge eating in that moment, we're, we're numbing out with food it has nothing to do with the food, you know? And so it's something deeper. And so I, I went on a quest to figure out what the hell is it? And it turns out it's not just one thing. It's a lot of things. It and is so on, many things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. And, and, and here we are. And yeah. what I, what I love about this story is how complex it is really, because I feel you know, lots of people have a disordered relationship with food and they're at a healthy weight. Um, you know, they're, they're athletic, their, their right. lives look fantastic on paper, all, all, all of the other things. And if you are in that situation, it's hard to see where this is all, where this is all coming from, right? For, I think for women who live in bigger bodies, we have this evidence that we're doing something wrong with food. And it sometimes takes years before that feeling of, you know, the feeling that you had when you hit rock bottom and it's like, you, I just have to figure this out because you feel so out of control around your eating. Like that's, I feel like that's the, that's the point people have to get to before they can start to do this look that, you know, this work at looking beneath and, and seeing like, what am I actually trying to feed here? Because, you know, I work with so many women who they'll say, I just find myself in the fridge. Like I just find myself on the couch with a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Like I don't like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm bored. Maybe it's this, you know, maybe I'm that. And they just can't even tell me what, you know, what, what it is that's, that's going on. And so I love that you can tell your story about, you know, what are the motivations driving you to the the fridge? And I think that's important because I went through this experiment for months of setting a timer on my phone when I was at home and checking in every hour to ask myself, how am I feeling and what do I need right now? It literally took me months to figure out how to answer both of those questions. I was so out of touch with my emotions that I couldn't even give them a name. And then for months after, the only emotions I could identify were anxiety and overwhelm. Like that just seemed to be what my what what my baseline was. And to ask myself what I need, I couldn't step away from what had to be done or what other people needed from me to even figure out, you know, what 
what do I actually need? Because whatever's in the fridge is not going to solve the problem. I love that you did that experiment. That's so beautiful. I know how many times did I find myself opening up the fridge and going, here I am again. What am I looking for? I have no, like, what is this? Right. And and so, yeah, it's a beautiful journey to go inward. We think it's something outside of ourselves and it's a beautiful journey inward. Uh, first step for me was awareness. You know, I had no idea. I was just, you know, and it's a beautiful thing when you have awareness, you can have that compassion for yourself to go, Oh, what's going on here? Huh? And I feel like that curiosity is the gateway into all the answers. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It totally is. And, you know, I've done a number of interviews over the past couple of days and curiosity seems to be the theme (laughs) that threads them all, that threads them all together. And, you know, what I love the most about curiosity is it kind of steps you out of that tendency to start flagellating yourself and, you know, beating yourself up and thinking that there's something wrong with you because you've fallen into a bag of Doritos again, right? And that's not actually the case. But if we can approach it with curiosity and, you know, just ask ourselves, you know, I wonder, you know, I wonder what's going on here. I wonder, I wonder what this is about. Like, what, what if I just sat with this for a minute and, you know, see, see what comes up for me that, that totally shifts it into this open space where there's some safety around starting to understand what's, what's really going on for you. Yeah. That loving and kindness and that sort of gentleness. Um, Someone told me anxiety is gentleness training. And I love, or is Danielle Laporte. And I love that quote because when we're feeling that like, okay, something's going on, but what is it? And we just, you know, you've, you've got to have gentleness, almost like how would you treat a child if a child was feeling alone or crying or sad? Would you just be harsh with it? Or would you just go, come here, what's going on? You know? So it's that beautiful, you know, learning, relearning all that. I mean, gosh, I, with your, our wiring as parents, I never learned, never learned that. So it's just knowing the tools. And that's why I wanted to put on what we crave because I, I, I just kept it pulls me it the whole thing pulled me to get this information out there to go hey look at all of these things and which one resonates with you the most because everybody's different and we think it's oh it's just one thing just amazon prime it i'll take it that's that you know it's a fit in the box and let's just boop easy no it's it's a journey and you have to it's different for everybody based on your wiring based on your childhood based on what you your beliefs i mean it's deep yeah so mm-hmm. true and I feel the like the craving piece of this is important to address as well, because I think there's a little bit of a difference between just finding yourself in the pantry, you know, reaching for whatever, you know, versus having a craving for something, you know, specific and, and trying trying to work through that. I think like the root of it is probably the same, but how we experience it is a little bit different. And I think that's the gift of cravings. Because, you know, you have this opportunity to realize that you're having the craving, that there's a need that's being unmet and gives you this opportunity to maybe dig a little bit deeper and ask yourself that question of, you know, what, what do I really need right now? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to so many, with so many interviews, a lot of women don't even know where to start. They're just like, I don't know. I don't know what I need, you know, and it's getting quiet enough. And just stopping and finding a way to stop yourself enough to just start listening to yourself. And the answers are there. We we think we have to reach outside ourselves. And yes, when you're presenting like information, yes, it's good to present things, but you are the only one that knows the answer. 
And for me, I just, I wasn't quiet enough to just stop and go, I got to look at what's going on here. You know, I, cause I would, it was a, it, oh, well, it's organic and it's healthy. So I don't have to look at it because it's healthy. It's fine. And granted, yes, there are days where you're emotionally, where you're physically hungry, eat the food. But when it's emotional hunger, you know, I've just, I know a lot of women don't even know where to start. And so it's so nice to just present the whole, the whole basket of here's what's going on. You pick which ones, you know, that resonate with you the most and go from there. So yeah, it's, it, there's so many things I had no idea. So yeah, it's a beautiful gift. Well, yeah. and here's a little bit about my story, right? Very different from yours. Um, and my mom listens to this podcast. So just mom, I'm sorry, ahead of time. <laughs> my mother was a terrible cook. <laughs> sorry again, mom. But but she was. It was the food was always the bland and very much the same. And I declared myself a vegetarian when I was 12 years old. And, you know, my parents didn't know how to, you know, feed me that way back in the, you know, in the early 80s. And so I was just kind of given whatever else was served that wasn't the meat part. So it was like a lot of canned peas and, you know, things that were just, you know, really gross. And I have so many memories of walking home from school at the end of the day and dreading supper. And (laughs) I started looking for other ways to eat food that I could actually enjoy even for a minute. And because doing so meant, you know, saying something negative about my mom's cooking, I wanted to do it in secret where no one would, would watch me. And, you know, my, my parents always had the processed junk food and like there was always chips, there was always cookies. Those were what that, you know, that's what was available for me. And so from a young age, I started turning to these things just to enjoy food, you know, for, for a little bit. And, you know, then I realized that it feels really good. Like it feels really good to enjoy food. Mm -hmm. And so when I, you know, grew up and left home and, you know, became my own independent thing, I'd come home from, you know, a university class or whatnot, you know, stressed or worried or overwhelmed about something. And of course I would turn to food to feel good because that's, you know, that's, that's what I've always done. And over the course of, of, of my life, I mean, what, one of the other things that I overdo, you know, in addition to the eating is working, you know, I'm, I was not anymore so much, but was, um, you know, a self-proclaimed workaholic and proud of it and did lots of things, partly to earn the gold stars from other people so that I could feel, you know, worthy and have that, have that sense of, you know, deserving, you know, to be, to be in the world. And then also dying in anxiety and overwhelm because I was doing so much to earn those, those gold stars. And so I would reach for food just to feel good for five minutes. Right. And I am so I'm nodding my head over and over and over and over. This is is so me too. Yeah. I totally understand. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, the question is, you know, what, what do you do about it? Yeah. Right. There's lots of things. There's lots of things. I know. Should, should we get into it? I didn't mean to cut you off with your story, but yeah. Was that, was that um, the rest of it or was there something else? Cause I love your story so far. I'm like, you got to come on what we crave. We have to talk. Yeah, we have to talk more. No, yeah. I, I, I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I would love to. And I mean, my, it, it took me forever to understand that I had to kind of take a look at how I was running my whole life because my solution to solve 
um, you know, my cravings was, and, and my emotional eating was Weight Watchers over and over and over again. And, you know, but, but I mean, that never worked because I could count my points all day long. But, you know, as soon as I was anxious or overwhelmed, I would... I would yeah. be eating and I wouldn't count those points like those, <laughs> you know, they don't count when you just kind of black out and, you know, do your yeah. eating and you feel so, so out of control and you just, you know, put the sheets away. I'll start counting again tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Like I've done that countless times and I even hired a dietitian at some point, you know, in my past thinking like this woman is going to fix me. And so she gave me a very detailed eating plan, which I stuck to like perfectly, except for all my episodes of emotional eating, which of course I could never admit to her, you know, was actually happening because I was, you know, feeling so much shame, uh, you know, about it all. Right. And so like the spiral would just, you know, keep, keep on going. And like, you know, just like you, I kind of reached a point where I was so tired of feeling out of control with the emotional eating. That's what brought me to the point where I have to, I have to figure out what was, what was going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And is that, is it, is this one of the reasons why you put on this podcast, um, just to yeah. discover yeah. all the things? Cause right. I was curious, the stories are yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah, they they are. And I I like to work um with women who think they need to lose weight. This <laughs> and, and 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 I word it that way because sometimes we work together and women decide, oh, you know what, I don't actually have to lose weight. What I need to do is solve for the 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 emotional eating. The, the thing is lots of women just don't even understand that that's that that's what's happening. It just becomes so automatic. Right. For so many people that it just feels like it's a part of part of who we are. Well, because we have to eat every day, right? It's just, oh, I'm just eating, you know, and, you know, and yes, we do sort of have those blackout moments where we don't really realize in that moment, but we, because it's normal to eat every day, we just, there isn't, that's why I think it gets swept under the rug, which is why I really wanted to bring more stories to light and more solutions because it's like, if you're addicted to food and you're reaching for food and you have to eat every day, you're just, you feel hopeless because you're, you're just like, I, here I go again, I'm eating again. Oh, and I have to eat breakfast and lunch and dinner. And you just feel in this spiral, like you can't get out of the hamster wheel because you have to eat every day. So it's just, yeah. it's like being a cigarette, cigarette, you know, trying to get off cigarettes and you have to smoke every day. It's the hardest thing to beat. I think if you are just trying to do the diet, like the Weight Watchers, the cold turkey, the diet plan, the restriction, it doesn't work because there's something else going on. Well, and right. you're missing right. that whole big, right. the whole big, the whole big piece. Right. And so, you know, what what I teach women, one of the first things I teach them is just learning how physical hunger feels so that you can identify when you're eating because you're hungry physically versus when you're eating because the food is fulfilling other needs for you. And like that, that skill is not easy for many people who are emotional eaters. Right. Because you kind of just lose that connection with your body. And this is traumatic because what it means is every single time you sit down to eat, you're feeling guilty or you're, you know, you're, you're wondering like, you know, am I, should I be eating? You know, what's, what's going on? And, you know, you're right. We do have to nourish our bodies, 
but we have to come kind of find this this place where we can actually nourish our bodies and not feel ashamed or guilty about it and understand when we're turning to food for other reasons. And then also giving ourselves just a little bit of compassion as we kind of figure that out, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a work in work in progress for, for most people. hundred percent. I mean, I dealt with this for basically my whole life, you know, until I was about 30, eight 39 when I started to really get myself back. I mean, I'll send you some before and afters of my progress and just the ups and downs and that you can see in my face. I mean, I really didn't start to get through this until I started doing the interviews and I'm still not perfect. I mean, I had a huge emotional crisis about a month ago and did I reach for the paleo donut? Yep, I did but I had a couple and then I went for a walk and I went to hot yoga and I'm processed the emotions. So now I know it's like, I'm, I don't have the shame or the guilt, but I'm not perfect, but I, I definitely have gotten a bajillion times better, but you know, there's days where you just have to grieve. You got to eat the freaking donut, you know, whatever. But when you want 75 of them, you know, you gotta, you gotta do some work and you gotta check in with yourself and get your toolbox out and go, okay, I want the donuts, but I know that's not really what I need. I'm going to have a couple Then I'm going to go do all these things, you know, or like you're just more aware and you have more compassion because nobody's perfect. It's impossible to be perfect with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it it is impossible because for many of us, we carry, we carry the cravings and the urge to eat through from childhood. Right. And there's, there's very deep neural pathways in the brain that are tied to these behaviors and it's never going to go away completely, but you're right, right? You can find yourself reaching for the donut, understand exactly what you're doing and why your brain is offering this as a solution and saying, okay, no, you know, wait, there's another way, right? And maybe you have a donut or two and maybe you don't. And either way you go on to give yourself what you actually you know, need, need, right. Right. Because honestly, it is that parent child sort of mind when like when this emotional crisis hit, it was completely out of the blue. My whole body had a visceral response. I wanted to literally scream with out of shock and just horror and all these things. And, um, I it's, it's really the language of telling myself now you can have the donut. It's not, Oh, I can't have the donut. I'm because I'm the host of what we crave. I can't be, I can't have a freaking donut. You know, it's, it's just going, no, I can have the donut if I want the donut, but I know that's not really what I want. What I need is a freaking hug. What I need is to go cry. What I need is to go to some yoga and move these emotions from my body. I need to go for a walk, get into nature, call somebody, sleep, journal, whatever it is. But, you know, I think it's that when, when we think, oh, I can't have it, that restrictive mindset just absolutely backfires. And that's why I just tell myself I can have a freaking donut if I want it. It's a healthy paleo donut. That's yum. You know, just, it's a great option and it's okay to have it. And then you just go, oh yeah, I don't really need that. I'm going to go, even though if you want it, great. If you're hungry, eat it. But it's just like, oh, I don't, I can take those chains off and go, oh, I can have it. But I don't really want it. Let's go look at this toolbox here because what I need is emotional is something that a donut can't satiate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And I think taking the chains off is such a crucial 
um, step in this whole process, right? Because I have seen so many women finally just give themselves permission, mm-hmm. permission. to eat whatever they need. It's kind of, I, I think that's that's an important step is to just, you know, allow allow it to happen without the, you know, the guilt and the rules and the shame, you know, around it. And a lot of, a lot of it will stop just with giving yourself permission. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And it's like, where did we, where the heck did we learn? You can't have the thing. Where the heck did this come from? And I really want to just give the middle finger to diet culture, you know, because they make billions of dollars off of telling women they can't have this. You have to do this. You have to kill yourself. You have to restrict, you have to, I mean, all these things, it just absolutely backfire. I just interviewed someone last week on all these clients with Weight Watchers, why they can't succeed because they, I think honestly, Weight Watchers wants you in that loop. They want well, you they, to come back and they, gain the weight back and, you know, and like I make money know. off you. If you've ever watched interviews with their marketing team, they're out there that, and they, they design the program to make people keep coming back. Right. It's, it's, yeah. Preach sister. That's all I got to say. Oh, I know. It's just, it's, it's so complicated. Hey, because, you know, we, we grow up with, I think it's it's normal. I and I'm using normal in quotation marks. It's it's not normal. It's common. I think that's that's the word I want. Um for the last few generations to grow up in families where they were not taught how to manage emotions appropriately, either because it wasn't modeled by their parents or, you know, because they were told children should be seen and not heard or, you know, you feelings are invalidated, you know, for, for, for a number of reasons. And so we grow into adults, not having the skills to understand our emotions and and what they mean or to deal with them when they come up. And so it kind of makes perfect sense that we turn to something and it's not always food. Like, you know, for in, in, in this day and age, we've got so many things that we can, you know, turn to, to numb out. Um, and, you know, food, food is just a difficult one because as you say, we still need to eat. Right. Um, and And so I think that just complicates things. Oh, for sure. And I, I did interview this one guy, his name is Mike Collins. He was formerly um, a sugar addict. And he he said, you know, it doesn't matter if it's food, sugar, alcohol, porn, shopping, phone, your phone, yeah. you are looking for a dopamine hit. And you've got to be able to find ways to give yourself that love and nourishment and dopamine and feel good chemicals without the food. And there's a whole list of things you can do, but he, I remember he said addiction is the opposite of connection. So it's really just a connection. You've got to get reconnected to yourself. And that takes, that takes work. We've got to be willing to flex the, the work, that work muscle. We got to be willing to go to the, I call it going to the trigger gym where you got a trigger, you got to go to the gym and you got to work that shit out, you know, every time you get triggered, it's time to actually point the mirror. I remember I would get triggered by my boss. I it just, she would text me on my phone and my whole neck would just blow up and just get red. And just, I would start shaking. Cause I didn't want, Oh, I did not want to deal with her. And I would point the finger at her. She's such a bit, blah, 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 you know, just, and she, 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 this, this, this. And, and then it was, oh, nope. I got to look at myself. What boundaries do I not have? Where am I trying to get validated through her? Where the hell am I not showing up for myself and just speaking my truth and saying, no, I'm not going to stay up till 4 a.m. I'm going to sleep and then I'll get to it tomorrow. It's not my fault that you're running a 10 days late on this project, you know, 
anyways, so it's a, but yeah, the, the beautiful thing is the, um, when Mike was saying, it doesn't matter what the addiction is, it's a disconnection and we're just, everyone has their vice. So it could be food, but I remember when I was in the throes of my stuff and I was not just emotional eating, I was also online shopping, just going dopamine hits, swiping with my credit card. And I remember I got into debt too. It's like, it trickles in, it's got tentacles that get into every aspect of your life. And, or at least it did mine. And when you can pull the tentacle, get the tentacles off and like start to heal one area. The other areas also start to heal. Too, yeah. I noticed when I started looking at my emotional eating, I had less of a desire to put myself in a debt. I was, I got myself out of debt. I was in 30 grand worth of debt pretty quickly and well, over like five years. But I remember when I started healing and looking at myself, I naturally just wanted to get out of debt and stop spending money. It was, Oh, I don't need to go on that snowboard trip for five grand. That everybody went to, I'm fine going to a local mountain for $50 and I can buy those yoga pants used once for, you know, on Poshmark for $20 versus paying 200 on the regular website. You know, you just start to go, it's okay. Like I got my back. I'm worth, I'm worth this, you know? And yeah. Anyway, we'll get into it more, I'm yeah. sure. But yeah, it's that beautiful thing yeah. that you just got to reconnect. Mm-hmm. Well, that that piece is, and you know, the dopamine piece is also important to understand because there are many beautiful things in life that give us dopamine hits, right? Apples, hugs, sunshine, yeah. sunshine, you know, nature, um, you know, accomplishing normal things. Like all, all, all of these give us a dopamine hit. The problem with many of the things that we overconsume in this day and age give us a much stronger dopamine hit. And so sometimes you get to the point where you're not going to get the same dopamine hit from a hug than you would from a donut, right? And so you can absolutely retrain your brain to get the dopamine you need from healthier you know, avenues in life, but there is this period of time where you have to choose not to get your dopamine hit from whatever, whatever it is, social media, food, booze, what, you know, right. What, what, whatever it is. And you do have to have that attitude of, I've got my own back. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm important. And this work is important to me. And I can sit with the discomfort for a little while. Right. Right. And that piece is hard. It it takes some work, you know, just like anything. If you want to, I feel like, you know, with Amazon, we don't have to work for anything anymore. We can just prime Uber eats, DoorDash. We can do anything we want in the touch of our fingertips. And when something is hard, it's, it's uncomfortable. And I noticed, you know, it took me years to, to go. I mean, when I wasn't eating, it was uncomfortable, you know, just the way my brain was wired and the thought of not having food. I mean, I would think of every single meal. What's next? Where's my snack? You know, just always thinking about food. Where am I going for dinner? What's on the menu? And I remember the thought of not worrying about that felt really uncomfortable. And I, you know, just, or I've done multiple fasts and all all these things where you restrict food on purpose uh, for health purposes, but you know, it gets really uncomfortable. And you know what, that's exactly where the magic drops in uh, is when you make that space to be uncomfortable, you're what I like to say is, okay, I'm going to show up for myself. And when you can get on just uncomfortable, even just a little bit, get uncomfortable. They always, there's quotes, just that is where the magic happens because you're saying, okay, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm showing up for my life. Naturally that energetic 
uh, response is life will show up for you. So I remember when I just was like, okay, I'm just going to start showing up for myself in different ways. How would the person that I want to be in five years, how would she show up? You know? And I just kept that in my head. And again, I, but I first had to become aware of what I was doing and what works for me to, to get, cause I know we need just a little step just to help us. Right. We don't want to make, it's not about these big, huge changes. We think, oh my God, no, like not having food. Oh my God. Like I cannot think about that. So you have to make the little tiny shifts that get you to feel better so that you can make a better decision. Cause when yeah. you feel good, like when that's what I've learned when, with the summit, when we're in Disneyland, when we're at a football game, we're at the Super Bowl, when we're at a cousin's wedding and we're high on life and we're just loving life, dancing, running around, yelling, screaming, happy, whatever it is, we're not thinking about food, right? So we have to figure out, we we may not need a, you know, a wedding to get us to not emotionally eat or, or Super Bowl, but what is something that gives you the feeling just baby steps. It's literally baby steps is what changed my life. I started, well, I can get into that list of the things I started to do that changed my life, but it wasn't the big things. It was the little everyday things where I just started showing up for myself and giving right. myself nourishment versus neglect. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I do want to hear the list. But yeah. first, yeah. first I want to say this, I think this is so important uh, is that exact thing of looking for places in your life to allow yourself to feel good, experience some joy, experience some pleasure that has nothing to do with food. Because so many times women try to solve this by, it's like, well, I'm just not going to eat outside of my meals or or whatnot. And then you get back in, in that restriction and you know the punishment that follows and it just doesn't work. And if your instinct is to turn to the food when you're having a distressing emotion, you cannot just turn that off. It's not, it's not a light switch. Right. But I think, and you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing through the course of, of your, you know, all, all the interviews that you've done, that there's probably a common thread of lack of true self-care, true self-love boundaries, you know, valuing yourself, understanding your, your own needs. I, like, I, I'm guessing that that's, a common thread that just manifests a little bit differently in, in, in every story. And a billion so percent, billion if percent. you focus instead on doing things that are going to bring you some comfort, some joy, some peace, some happiness, some excitement, whatever it is, you know, in, in your life in a way that's not food, the need for food just seems to diminish. At and least, you know, that that's just, what I found, right? You summed up my entire summit. Like solution is that, yep. Yeah. We are on a quest. Emotional eating is just a quest to find peace or joy or happiness or love or connection from the inside out. And so you've got to backfill with things that give you that, you know, and then it naturally dissipates. Like I remember I went to Bali for my birthday one year with a girlfriend and Bali, like very eat, pray, love, right? We're, we're going to the healthy cafes. We're walking around. We're looking for our champion. Like they say in the movie, you know, awesome. and I remember we would sit down Well, number one, the sun was out, right? We sat down and everything was so peaceful there. Right. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not reaching for like 10,000 snacks. I'm just sitting here having this beautiful, nourishing whole food meal. The sun is out. The birds are chirping. I am so present right now because there's nothing else I can be but present. And I am with a girlfriend who's nourishing my soul and I am not reaching for food. This is a monumental, like 
not extra food. Like I want to eat all the things. It was just, here's a beautiful plate of food. We ate it slowly. We nourished our bodies and I did not crave anything else until the next meal. And I was not thinking about food. I was so, I filled my cup and that was the first time I remember going, there's something to this. Okay. Remember this. Yeah. yeah, that you, you, so you summed it up perfectly. Yep. Yeah. 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 Right. So let's hear it. What was your list? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the most valuable ones that connect with your audience, I'm going to guess off the top of my head here. Um, the first one that we, we already kind of talked about a little bit, which hit me, hit my soul, like a lightning bolt. Uh, I, I interviewed Trisha Nelson. Yeah. She said, you don't have an eating problem. You have a living problem. Yeah. And- yeah. I just go, oh shit. <laughs> you know, like that. That's me. Like I gotta look at that. So number one, it brought up awareness, right? Number two, I had to look at my life. Like we talked about the dopamine hits with the shopping and putting myself in a debt because I want to, I need, I need something to make me feel better fast. So uh, and also, you know, taking inventory of your life. Cause I was working for a narcissist, I was stressed out, I was in a toxic work relationship. And I was, I was like, I can't quit because I'm this professional and this is a great job and I have benefits and I make X amount of money a year and this is great. And I wouldn't quit because I'm not a quitter. I'm an athlete. Athletes don't quit. And I literally, if I took inventory of my life, you look at my life, it was nothing but stress, working 20 hours a day, killing myself, no sleep and traveling probably five days a week or five, well, at least one to two days a week, every week. East coast to West coast, living out of airports, hotels, um, no connection, no hugs. No, it was fluorescent lights, dusty offices where it's just recycled air. And you just, you're sitting all day for 20 hours a day. I mean, that is literally hell, a jail cell, you know, type vibes. And yeah, I was like, I don't take the inventory of my life. What the hell is going on here? I have no joy. So I had to, and I'm putting myself in a debt and all for what, because I want to, I want a successful job. So I left California, I moved and I got back the mountains and the lakes really started calling me and just peace started calling me, go figure. And I got a new job, a remote job, new job, didn't make as much money, but it gave me flexibility and peace and the hours I wanted. And I just started to pull away all the stuff that was toxic in my life and sweep out all, just clear all that stuff and basically find ways to bring in more peace and get rid of the toxicity. Yeah. So I took inventory in my life. The second thing is I started sleeping mm-hmm. and I know that seems like an easy, well, duh, but it wasn't because I was do all the things first, then sleep and get up at 6am to work out or get up at 3am. If I'm on the East coast, you know, which is 6am over there just to work out and to kill yourself before you go into the office. And I can sleep when I die because YOLO and, you know, I can't sleep because I have work to do. And the, the, the need for approval, the need to get your work done, that rushing women's syndrome that we all have experienced with approval and validation and worth. And I remember when my, one of my doctors, he's like, girl, if you just sleep, do you realize you'd actually, you have to work out less and you'd lose weight because your cortisol is so freaking jacked up yeah, that you cannot lose weight as much as you're working out so hard. You're doing beach sprints and you're doing this. If you just sleep, you would get 10 X results. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like sleep, whatever. (laughs) And then I interviewed Barton Scott with upgraded formulas who has, and I don't, I'm not getting paid to say this. This is just free information to help people. 
His magnesium was the deepest, most restful, nourishing, most yummiest sleep I had had in forever. And I just, I, we're all mineral deficient. So I'm sure you're talking about that. Mineral deficiencies is at the base of cravings. It's at the base of everything. But long story short, he, I tried this magnesium. I got sleep. And for the first time, I mean, I had taken it for, I don't know, a month or so. And then I woke, I was waking up. I didn't even need coffee. Like that is how restful it was. And when I interviewed him, just talking about how we are literally redlining ourselves every day. And when you burn through your minerals, you don't sleep. So when you give yourself minerals, you sleep better. And I remember going, okay, there's something to this sleep thing. Cause I didn't have cravings. I started to lose weight just by sleeping. I didn't change my diet. I just started sleeping. My cortisol went down. My food cravings were way like my ghrelin leptin levels were way better. Cause I had slept. Cause when I don't sleep, I would be a bottomless pit. And mm-hmm. I would just eat a 10 times the amount of calories I needed just because the hunger levels were all messed up. So I slept and it gave it like a domino effect of benefits. So if you can just sleep like it's your job and prioritize sleep. And I know a lot of moms are like, girl, try having a kid, you know, like, don't even tell me my sister's like wants to punch me in the face. Cause she has three boys. Good luck trying to sleep. But even if you, let's say you get five hours of sleep, it's a deep five hours of sleep, right? So you take the magnesium or certain, there's other supplements. You can take CBD, um, there's CBD hot chocolate by Beam. That's another great one. It's a little more expensive, but there's certain things where if you do sleep, it's a deep sleep. You have to get that REM sleep. And so if you are going to not sleep as much, just focus on what you can get and go deep. And so that to me was the gateway into everything else, because I don't care how good your diet is. If you don't sleep, you are not going to burn fat. You're going to, your cravings are going to be messed up. You're going to be moody. You're going to reach for the food way more often to get that dopamine hit. It's just like, it's a gateway and it's just amazing. Right. Okay. So that's not, do you want to, I didn't know if you were going to say something. Go ahead. No, that I'm a hundred percent on board with the sleep thing. hundred percent. And it's just, I'm shaking or nodding my head at you constantly because so far your journey is exactly the same (laughs) what what mine has been right. Because, you know, I, I connected the dots between my overwhelm and my, my emotional eating. And then the obvious question is, well, why am I overwhelmed? Why am I overwhelmed? So it's like I spent some time, you know, allowing myself to be with the overwhelm, but then the rest of the time focusing on I'm doing things to make myself feel this way. I have to do things differently. And I am an emergency physician, so I do shift work. Um, I work a lot. I also am, well, I was the chief of my department now for the whole hospital. So I've got this admin role as well. I run, you know, the business on the side, have a family. um, And I was, you know, taking courses and doing extra certifications kind of all at the same time. And I was freaking exhausted. And so I, you know, had to take a step back from a lot of it and identify, you know, what's really important to me. And I put a hard cutoff time of four o'clock in the afternoon on my, you know, days when I'm not in the hospital, there's absolutely no working um, afterwards. If I can't get it done in my, you know, work time days, I say no to whatever people are are asking 
for me, because I have the administration job that's, you know, requires me to be available for meetings and, and, you know, certain things, the shift work was very disruptive. I got approval from my group to work permanent day shifts. Now I'm on a regular sleep, you know, sleep schedule with a whole uh, pre-sleep routine. And it's amazing how effective just just getting, um, you know, I've always been good at getting a good amount of sleep, but not on a regular schedule. So just having a regular sleep schedule made the world of of difference for me. And, you know, just taking stock and understanding, like, I have got to say no to some things. I have to honor, you know, what what I can actually, you know, realistically and appropriately do um, in a day and then say no to the rest boundaries, man. It is, I know with, uh, that's another thing with emotional eating, uh, is boundaries in that worthiness. You know, I know a lot of what, what I've seen through my interviews is a lot of emotional eaters are very empathetic. We are very emotionally sensitive Mm -hmm. and we don't have a lot of boundaries. Again, that comes in with the, you know, the way you're living your life too. And it's because we want to be loved, you know, codependency with family, friends, wanting to be the the perfect person for everyone. That was me, you know? And, um, and I think it really showed up boundaries with my bosses. I always attracted the narcissist bosses who would push my boundaries and go figure because life was trying to get me to pay attention. Yeah. Hey, you don't have any boundaries. You keep attracting bosses that are taking advantage of you. So it took me 10 years to realize, oh, I don't have any boundaries. Wow. And when I started to just say no, even though I was freaked out of my mind that I wasn't going to get my work done and I was so stressed somehow when I said no, and I put myself first and I took the break and went to yoga class or I went to the workout class or I went home and slept. I didn't work past five o'clock life showed up for me. And somehow I got all my work done. Everything worked out. And I still got the same amount of work I would have done if I would have worked 20 hours over. It just, you can actually bend time when you have the boundaries and you start saying, I'm freaking worth my life and a good life. And I don't want to look back at my life on my deathbed saying I worked. And that was it for these bosses who didn't, don't really give a crap about you because you're just a number, you know, I just was like, what am I, I'm done with this. It just took me a long time to where I just, I just kept doing the little things like, yeah, taking the breaks, going for the walks, resting, going to the workout not working past 5 PM, just saying no. And life was like, okay, girl, you're showing up for yourself. All right. We're going to show up for you. Here we go. You want, Oh, we have a better job for you. We have a healthier, emotionally, you know, just stable job an emotionally stable relationship. Oh, here's a, here's this, here's that. Like just magic starts to happen because you finally love yourself enough to say no. Right. And I think there's just so much power in having your own back because nobody else is going to have it for you. Like not, not really. And that is another thing that I found really helpful for me was just picking small things to commit to doing every day and following through so that I could, you know, be proud of myself for doing that and give myself some proof that I do have my own back. And like, this was as literally as simple as making my bed in the morning, right? It's, it's like, 
my husband would go in and make the bed like 10 minutes before we would go to bed. Like that's, you know, what, what the routine was. And so I decided it's like, as part, you know, I'm, you know, I do, I do my, my workout, I come upstairs, I have my shower, I do a meditation, then I make my bed. So just adding that, making my bed (laughs) to my routine and doing it regularly, um, actually did so much for me because it's like, I've got this, you know, I've got this. And, you know, I, I often give this as a piece of advice, you know, to people as well is just pick something to do for yourself that doesn't really matter so much so that, you know, you, you, you don't get, you know, caught up in the, I guess, in, in the emotion of, of, of the action or the pressure or the, you know, the need to perform and just notice how good it feels to do something just for yourself because you said you wanted to. Right. For me, it was buying fresh flowers. I would never buy myself flowers. And when I started buying flowers, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I feel so good right now. I freaking love myself. Wow. I'm going to keep doing this. It was that, it was that easy. Go buy yourself flowers and just start there. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, well, it, well, it's brilliant. Right. And I like taking myself out for dinner as well. Right. Yes. Cause I, um, I love, and I need, you know, time by myself with a book and I like the, you know, I like having anonymous company around me, right? And just taking myself out, um, you know, for dinner to a nice place, you know, spend a good couple of hours um, with my book, eating a nice slow meal just does so much wonders, um, you know, for me and my emotional life over, over the long term. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, what is that? You're slowing down, you're nourishing yourself, Mm-hmm. in multiple ways, right? With yummy, yeah. wholesome, real food, people around you, a good book, like that is just nourishment, nourishment, nourishment. And when you fill up that nourishment tank, it is, that's that's the key is filling up the nourishment tank from the inside out. Yeah, it yeah. is. I remember just going, it's Friday night. I have my sweatpants on. I just got back from yoga. That's my sweatpants on. I have music playing. I have a book in my hand and a glass of organic wine. And the fire's crackling and everyone out is out at doing whatever the bar getting wasted. And I am so happy right now. I am like so content. Granted, there's days where if I'm isolated too much, which is another thing on the list is if you're by yourself too much, you will reach for the food because you need human connection and you're, you haven't been hugged. You haven't been around people. So I purposely had to leave my house if I got too isolated working from home and I'd have to go to a coffee shop and work, you know, right. Exactly. Yep. But when you, but when you're out all day with people and then you come home and you feel like, Oh, this is introvert time. I'm good. I'm good with not going out when all my other girlfriends are going out to the club or whatever. I'm like, I'm like, Nope. I got me because I know if I stay up late, my sleep's going to get messed up. I'm going to have the alcohol. I'm not going to feel good. I just want to feel good. And this is filling my soul. Like I am so happy right now. It's amazing what it does. Yeah. Right. And what, what I noticed neither one of us has suggested is spend a little bit more time watching TV. Um, You know, spend a little bit more time scrolling social media. Right. And, and I, I bring that up specifically because lots of people will tell me that, you know, they, sit down and watch TV in the evenings. And that is how they refill their cup. And, and I like to challenge that um, a little bit, because first of all, there's actually lots of evidence out there that, you know, not only the, 
like the blue light from the electronics in the evening affects us. But, you know, also, you know, our, our brains are kind of activated when we're walking, watching TV, even if we think that we're, we're numbed out, you know, there's things, you know, things going, going on in there. The cortisol rises if you're watching something suspenseful or stressful or emotional, like there's, there's all sorts of reasons why TV is not always cup filling. Yes, I mean, planning a date night to watch something special that you've been waiting for might be some might be, you know, something but then there's more to it. It's it's connection with another human being. It's it's deliberately putting time aside to spend with somebody you love, you know, but but really think about does the activity that you're choosing to do to bring you peace, joy, comfort or or whatever actually give you those things because you know I, I think some of the things that we think that we do for self-care are really really are not right yeah. Well, yeah. I noticed this with watching TV granted like you said if it's a movie with your partner and you've been waiting all year to watch it that's special I get it but if it's every day I actually notice um that TV is actually disconnecting you from yourself. 100%. So it's creating more disconnection, even though you think it's reconnecting you, it's disconnecting you. So you need to actually reconnect. It's just, you just look, are looking for peace and quiet. So you need to go meditate, go take a nap, go to yoga, go for a walk, go to the gym, go read it, go whatever, decompress, put your legs up against the wall and just chill for a minute. But it's really, yeah, you have to re it's more about reconnecting to yourself. And even TV thinks you think it would, but it's actually even more disconnecting, which is why we end up reaching for the food and we sit on the couch longer and we get bored and we flip through the channels because we're actually not, it's just, yeah, we're even more disconnected. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I've also learned so much from my dog. He often lies in front of my desk, you know, when I'm, when I'm working, but he is like clockwork every 20 minutes, he wakes up, he has a big, huge stretch, he changes position, and then he goes, you know, back down to sleep again. And so it's his stretching is contagious. So when he wakes up and, you know, puts himself in that beautiful down dog, I cannot help but, you know, stretch, you know, my body as well. And it's, you know, this is something that I do intentionally now is stop my work every 20 minutes when I can to grab another glass of water and give myself a stretch. And literally, I'm talking like a two minute break every 20 minutes just has made the world of difference. So whereas, you know, three years ago, I would have the same amount of work in my day, finish the end of the day feeling, you know, stressed out, anxious and overwhelmed, like my, my baseline was back then. Now with these two minute breaks, I finish, I feel fine. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> it is a small, tiny, but magical thing. And I would never take breaks normally. I'd be like, nope, I can crank through another four hours. I got this. And then I would be so depleted and exhausted. And I'd go straight to the food because I was so depleted and disconnected from myself. Because when you're in front of your computer all day, it is mind boggling how much more, how disconnected you are versus working with people in a joyous, happy state or environment. It, I mean, I was behind my computer for years, years and years, and I was always reaching for the food. And I would never take breaks. And now I, I, yeah, completely flipped at 180. And um, it's just, yeah, it's those little magical things that make the biggest difference. It's never, it's never a big thing. It's just going, it's the awareness of, you know what? I am feeling this. And I know that when I get like this, this is what happens. So let me just 
I deserve, it's really the worthiness, which is honestly the biggest, it is the flag in the ground for what we crave. It's worthiness of going, I am worth taking a break. My life is worth, is worth it. And in the long run, am I going to look back and go, I didn't take a 10 minute break and look at where that got me. No, everything ends up working out and you're just fine. Take the break. I remember I talked to my sister the other day. She could not take a break. She wouldn't rest. She was a mom. She's like, I can't, there's too much to do. And her productivity just tanked because she wouldn't take a break. But when you just take a little break, you can be so much more, you get so much more out of life and your joy is not tanking either. <laughs> and you're still a happy human by the end of the day. Cause you actually just took care of yourself. Well, and in fact, you are it. more productive. Yes. <laughs> more exactly. productive. Um, When you take the breaks and and like, I used to feel like I had to work through the day and I would get, you know, so focused and constantly obsessed by my to-do list that I wouldn't stop for lunch um, or a pee break or, you know, anything else. And then I would finish my day and not only would would I be, you know, stressed and overwhelmed, I'd be freaking starving. And that's a horrible, you know, combination, right? Not to mention dehydration. And you're, I remember, uh, I learned so much about hydration. You're actually not really hungry. You're just dehydrated and you need water and you need electrolytes because you're burning through them with your stress levels. And when you actually just hydrate and get electrolytes, it is, I remember after spin class, I would have, I was drenched with sweat, depleted of salt and potassium, magnesium, all my minerals. And I would just shovel food in for hours And if I just would have had some, like there's element is a great, you know, uh, electrolyte um, salt, like Himalayan salt electrolyte uh, packet. And my hunger levels were smashed by probably 80% just from adding in electrolytes because I was just dehydrated and my body just wanted to keep eating until I got enough salt. So if you're, if you're just grinding every day and you're not hydrating yourself, yeah, good luck. You're going to be stuck in emotional eating because you're, you're actually just, you just need hydration. And the rushing women's syndrome is another one on the list that there's a book called rushing women's syndrome, where we literally don't stop, can't stop. And we won't stop. And I know that's a song too, but, uh, but we just have to do all the things first and then we can have the break. And again, that comes down to worthiness and why, what are we rushing around for? Why can't we slow down? Why, what, where do we learn this? This is just wiring. We learned uh, along the way somewhere that we have to hustle for the, and, and then ha- we can have the thing. No, nope. You're worthy. You came into this life for a reason. You are a beautiful soul in a body for a reason. We didn't just show up here, just floating around the world, just for whatever reason to show up and just be here and then leave. We have a beautiful purpose and we came here with purpose. And when you start to really tap into your purpose and what you're here to do, not your job, but what is your purpose? And you find deep worthiness and going, I have something, I have something I want to give to the world. And that's your medicine. I think for the world is your purpose. And when you figure out what that purpose is like, this is for me, it it will pull you and it will energize you. And you won't be thinking about the food. I remember when I was in a really not good job, I was emotional eating all the time, but when I'm doing this, I'm not even thinking about food, even though we're talking about food. I'm not even thinking about it because I'm so nourished from the inside out because I'm in my purpose and in my joy. And so if you can find that you came here with a purpose and whatever that is, and you show up and you are worth taking a break, you're worth slowing down, you're worth enjoying life. Life is to be experienced when you, when you just slow down and stop rushing, 
that is like just having the awareness around slowing down and not rushing through life, your emotional eating will change too, because it's just, it's just, it's just a a side effect of of slowing down. Yeah. 100%. And it's just, you know, it's funny, like this is the exact reason why I call my program nourish yourself body and mind and why the first three things that we focus on are slowing down, getting sleep, drinking water, right? Like these, these things are just so foundational, whether you struggle with emotional eating or not, they are just foundational because, you know, I guarantee you that if you're not sleeping, if you are stuck in rushing woman syndrome, if you're not staying hydrated there, you are absolutely having physiological effects from this for sure. And if you're not overeating, you're doing something like name it. (laughs) Right. And, you know, this, this is really the key to, to finding so much more satisfaction and peace and joy in life. And, you know, you're right. It does come down to believing that you're, you're worth all of these things. And that is just, I think that is the, the foundation, you know, for, for all of this. Right. And it's, it's not so easy to convince yourself that you're worth it, but you get there one step, one small step at a time, right? One, one small step towards getting more sleep one small one small step towards feeding your soul in some small way that may feel insignificant at the time but all of these thousands of steps you know they add up until one day you wake up and you know you you realize i you know i do deserve to feel peaceful and joyful in my life well the one that i think is really important that is so vital. And again, it has that 10 X effect like sleep does is gut health. Yeah. And because I know you, if you saw a picture of what my gut looked like at my worst, when I was in my deepest, you know, hell of my life, I looked like I was nine months pregnant because of the bloating and I had SIBO candida, just gut issues. So for me, I was numbing out with keto food. This is when keto was the rage and I was trying it out because I'm in the health space and, you know, I got to try everything. And I, keto ice cream and keto cookies. They all have that erythritol sweetener in it. And I was not paying attention to that because I didn't care because it was keto and it was organic and I can eat it and I'm stressed out. So I'm going to eat all the things. So I'd have these bars, the cookies, whatever the snacky foods are, would that all that erythritol just wrecks your gut microbiome. And um, not to mention stress causes leaky gut, uh, processed food, uh, Canola oils are very inflammatory and any antibiotics, alcohol, sugar, that all causes causes your gut to leak, right? So everyone basically is walking around with leaky gut. Then you add erythritol and these fake sweeteners and you add more stress and you add more food. And I was numbing out with the keto food, which was high fat, which I was eating nuts, tons of nuts, tons of fat. And my gut was just like, girl, I can't digest all these nuts. Like, you know, so I would, it was nine months pregnant every day. And I just was like, Oh, it's fine. It's just, you know, I'm just bloated. It'll, it'll go down just an FYI on quick gut health lesson. Your feel good chemicals start in the gut. They're made sure do. all yep. starts there. Right. Yep. So the dopamine, the serotonin that we're looking to get with food are supposed to be created in the gut, the, in the, this beautiful, healthy way. Well, when we are not, um, when our gut is destroyed, it's not making those feel good chemicals. So if you can fix your gut 
which means you put, you seal up all the leaks and you get that whole microbiome to turn on and start functioning, light it up like a Christmas tree, all the bacteria is talking to each other, the healing, the inflammation goes down, the gut starts to heal. You have to reduce, you have to pull the, the stuff that's injuring it, which was the erythritol and all the fat. I was, you definitely need fat, but I was eating way too much of it. And anything that's wrecking it, pull it out and then you got to seal it up and fix it. And that, uh, I interviewed Dr. Zach Bush. Um, I don't know if you know who Dr. Zach Bush is, but, uh, he's got a product the founded called ion gut health. Again, I don't get paid for this, but it is clinically proven. He's an MD clinically proven all natural product to seal up the leaks in the gut and get the whole gut to turn on and light up. And it will naturally start to balance the bacteria. It'll naturally start to reduce inflammation. So when I started using that, pulled the, all the high fat stuff, pulled the stress, started cooking from home, stopped, you stopped, uh, ingesting the highly inflammatory oils, like the canola oils, any, anything that's at a restaurant is going to have really nasty oils that inflame you so bad. And it, it's worse than actually cigarettes from a, that's a whole other conversation because it sticks in your body for like 90 days and you don't have a filter for bad oils, but you have a filter for smoke. Long story short, your body can't filter it. So it takes 90 days. So you're, you're just inflamed. So it just causes a ton of just awful stuff to happen. And then when you pull all that, then the gut's finally like, thank you. I can breathe. I can heal. I can start to produce the feel good chemicals. I can start to balance my bacteria. So if you can add in ion, it's, it tastes like water. It's like two teaspoons or uh, a couple teaspoons a day. Long story short the, the profacts, the effects are profound. I got so much benefit out of that. My gut started sealing up and I started producing the feel good chemicals in my brain. So then I wasn't reaching for the food because I finally had what I needed. So again, it's just nourishing yourself from the inside out. Yeah. 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 Well, absolutely. And you can even heal your gut just by focusing on a whole foods diet yes. and eliminating um, all of the processed foods, not just the oils, but all of, well, I mean, most of the processed foods are oil-based anyways, but I mean, el- eliminating um, all of the junk or at least a good proportion of the junk will go a long way um, to healing, to healing gut health too. And, you know, you can experiment with this on your own and see the difference because you might think that you feel fantastic and your belly feels okay. But I challenge you to just cut out the crap um, for a period of time and notice how you feel after you do that. And then how you feel when you eat that stuff again, as I, I suffer like you have no idea um, when I put the junk into my body now, I, I suffer. Yeah, me too. And, and on that note, we can end on this one. It is a game changer when you, when you stop eating the snacky processed food, no matter if it's keto, vegan, pale, it doesn't matter if it's processed and it is a snack in a snack bar package Yeah, and it is not straight from the ground. I call this just go for the ground. And like when it is a packaged food, you will be emotionally eating and snacking and you will not be able to, your cravings will just continue because your body needs whole foods. And when you, when you go whole foods, like, you know, this, when you go whole foods and you just eat whole nourishing foods, you feel so nourished. You don't crave anything else. Like, yeah, you might crave a little sweet, little dark chocolate, whatever with some blueberries. But when you, when you eat real food, your body goes, Oh my God, thank you. I love you. Thank you. I feel so good. I don't need anything else. Cause I got what I need when you're eating stuff that's processed, even though it might seem healthy, 
your body goes, I cannot, pro- this is processed. It's not real. Like I need real, feed me real. So you'll keep eating mm-hmm. snacks until you eat real food. I remember someone told me that a long time ago and I just said, it's gotta be harder than that to eat. Just eat whole food. What do you just like, that's it's No, you don't understand. It's harder than that. No, it's not. It's actually one of the gateway game changers. Just eat real food and make. So what I would do, I didn't focus on calories. I just started cooking a yummy piece of salmon with some Brussels sprouts and some sweet potato, maybe, you know, something else, just all real food, right? Drizzle Mm -hmm. it with olive oil, some sea salt. And I was so nourished. I could not believe versus when I would eat all the snacky food, how, how crazy anxious and just all over the place I would feel. And then when I would eat real food, my body finally just, you can tell it was just like, thank you. Yeah. So good. Right. And that will change everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it absolutely will. And what I would say to people who would love to incorporate that habit, but still find themselves turning to processed sort of foods when they're doing emotional eating is to take an additive effect. So, you know, just start trying to add more whole foods in to the rest of your days when you're not emotional eating. And then at the same time, work towards the other things that we've spoken about, bringing in the things that nourish your soul, that bring you joy, that, um, you know, make you feel fulfilled in other ways at the same time. And it will come like it, it it will come because if you can just even start adding vegetables, you know, to your dinner, if you're not doing that already, just getting the nourishment in your body while you're trying to nourish your mind and your heart with these other things, you will, you will get there. So I just don't want people to hear this and say, okay, well now I've got to cut out all the, the processed right. food tomorrow. So I don't want to go back into that restriction, you know, thing again. So if you take this additive approach of just bringing more in rather than focus on taking things away, that will actually come naturally as you start giving your body the nutrients and the the soul nutrients that it needs. You yeah. literally took the words right out of my mouth. I never focused on taking things away. It was always, what can I add in? Yeah. Game changer for mindset around food. It, like I, the when I started, I worked for a superfood company called Nano Greens, and it's a uh, professional, like nutraceutical grade product, and it's all superfood. One scoop is um, 55 ingredients and 10 servings of antioxidants. So it's just high nutrients, high nutrients. And it actually tastes good. It's organic, even though I know whole foods are everything, right? But I wasn't at that place. I was still working up to it. I was still on the yes. snacky train, and all, you know, I was a young hustler running around. I didn't have time to cook for myself, I didn't make time you know? And so I would add that in, in the morning and it was such a high dose of nourishment. I noticed my cravings changed immediately. And then I go, Oh, there's something to this, like real food nutrition. Okay. Then I had to really focus on cooking for myself after that. But yeah, it just took me a little step at a time. So I, I started with the superfood, adding superfood, adding as much nutrient dense stuff as I could that worked for me. And my cravings, I dropped a dress size without even trying just by adding in superfood because it had milk thistle in it naturally helps detoxify. It nourishes the, just your cravings go down. So you don't eat as much, but you're not, you're not in any way restricting. You're just adding and your body just knows what to do with it. I remember it was just so easy. And I just thought there's something to this. Let me just focus on what can I add versus what can I take away? And it took me a few years. It took me 10 to figure out the whole food thing. So I hope 
whoever's listening to this, you're learning it a lot faster than I did. (laughs) But yeah, I just started with what can I add? And those little, those little things, um, there's some great supplements out there to help support that are supportive, right. That are real food, but supportive. And that's a great, that's a great option too. If you're like, I work in, I'd worked with a lot of doctors in the ER that were like, I can't, I can't eat. I don't have time to eat because I'm in surgery all day. So they would add a scoop to their shake and just try and get nourishment wherever they would yeah. or wherever they could, and then eat real food when they can. So yeah. I get that. It's just yeah. starting where you start, you know, well, well, you gotta- love that strategy. And yeah. it was actually this, um, this task of trying to incorporate more vegetables in my life that brought me to this newfound love of cooking. So, you know, it turns out I love nothing more than chopping vegetables. Like I will honestly light a candle and put music on and I love the rhythmic, you know, motion of of, of chopping vegetables. And so what I I love to do is I have this huge cutting board and, you know, every, all of our dinners now have, you know, three or four veggies somehow. Right. And so I'll have this huge board of chopped veggies and it brings me so much pleasure, pleasure to just like the smell, the look, just seeing everything there, you know, on, on my chopping board. And then, you know, back to my mom, she got my husband a chef's knife, um, for Christmas this year, which has been a total game changer. And I have been literally, you know, cooking these beautiful meals almost every night um, because of the pleasure I get just using this this stupid (laughs) knife. So, you know what, it's a a little bit of a hack, you know what, I'm getting more vegetables in my diet simply because the ritual of chopping them um, has become, you know, such a a, a source of joy for me. And, you know, I, I have this theory And, you know, I'm going to spend some time thinking about it, but I can't help but wonder if you love preparing your meal so much, if it changes the way you consume it and digest it and metabolize it later. Like, I I just feel like how good I feel after I cook my own meal is so much different than, you know, if my husband cooks it or if we, you know, or, or if we go out. And I'm sure it's it's because of the energy I put into it beforehand. But you know that oh, that's yeah. a whole other topic. <laughs> oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say, when I turn on the music and I light a candle and I put my favorite sweats on and my little slippers and I take a shower, come home for the day, whatever, just get in this calming, peaceful, nourishing sort of environment. And I slow down, I chop the the food and I make the food and I do a whole recipe. There is something that you're nourishing yourself without even eating. um, That is something that only, you know, you can only experience that because I would never cook for myself. I'd always be rush rushing. I just go to whole foods, get a salad and then inhale it. And there was, so I was missing a huge piece of that preparation is part of the nourishment. And when I'm with friends, when they come over and we make food and we play music and we talk and we laugh, that's another piece of the nourishment too, is having someone else. You're, it's almost like it feeds you before you even get to the food, you know, because that human Absolutely. connection is so important. Yeah. And then you eat the food. By the time you eat the food, it's like, oh, I'm not really that hungry. Like I, I you don't need to eat. You just notice you eat not as much because you're just nourished already before you can get to the food, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. Even though I love to eat all the veggies and all the things, but I just noticed, oh, like I'm just really fed from the inside out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. I love it. 
All right, Erin, I am yeah. losing my voice. Yes, let's, let's get you. Yeah. Right? So I think that this is just a great place um, um, to end it. Erin, you've mentioned about, um, it, it, is it a podcast or an in, a summit? What? What? Yes, it is a summit, um, similar okay. to a podcast, but yeah, not a podcast. Um, if you go to whatwecrave.com, mm-hmm. it is a, you can watch anytime, it's free. Ed, but it just through an email. So you just put your email in and it'll get, it'll get sent to you. Uh, and then I do, I will be doing more on top of the summit with guests like you, where I'll send out, you know, a, a, an interview every week. So it is, it's not, it's more of a private kind of community, sure. um, but you, there's still clips on YouTube. You can see on my Instagram, there's little clips and stuff. Uh, but to get the full interviews, all the 50 interviews, it's it's free. I just go to whatwecrave.com. Right now it's being rebranded. So there might there's a little bit of a delay uh, for the next month or two, but you can just get on the wait list. So yeah, and you'll be in there too. So yay. Well, that that sounds brilliant. And I'll make sure all of that information is down in the show notes uh, below for, for listeners as well. And Erin, uh, before we sign off today, any last words of wisdom for listeners? You know, I, I actually always ask my, my guests at the end of the day, when we're reaching for the food, what are we really craving? And it's really, I think this is the most wisdom bomb drop I could give is you're craving you, you're craving a connection to yourself and you have to just figure out a way to what, what lights you up, what connects you to yourself. And that's only something you can know. And a lot of the times you know, it can be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. It can be your own healing from trauma. It could, there's so many things, but it's really, it could be the little kid in you that never got the love that that you desired as a kid, but essentially you're craving you and you've got to give yourself all the love that you need. It's not going to come from anybody else. No one's going to save you. You've got to be, you got to be, like you said, your own hero. You got to have your own back and it's, you're craving you. So reconnect to that. And that's when, that's when it all changes. Yeah. I love it. That is, that's not just a wisdom bomb. That is a like absolute (laughs) truth bomb right there. (laughs) It's been so fun, Michelle. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. What a blast. Thanks so much.